Welcome to another episode of There is a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz, and today is November 3rd, Election Day in the United States of America. In fact, at the time that I'm recording this, it is a little after 8 o'clock on the East Coast, so pretty much... um, the polls that I guess, I don't know, I guess different states have different different closing times. Either way, the polling station where I live at is, is closed, 7 o'clock. I'm assuming a lot of other places have that same time. But either way, some of the results, as in fact, as I am recording this, the last time I checked, Joe Biden had a, between... 91 or 85 um, electoral points to Donald Trump's 55. So technically, that would give him the lead. However, you know, we still got we got a long way to go. This this is not even counting, you know, what they're predicting in regards to the. To the ballots that were mailed in, that were brought in right up to the last minute from, you know, people that dropped off their um, their voting sheets. So, you know, easily this, it could be anywhere between three to seven days before we actually get an official count to all of this. Because, you know, people don't understand. First of all, the virus played a major part in the dynamics of the election. Of course, you know, more people, they did mail-in. More people did, um, you know, filled out ballots and put it in the... um, dropped them off. So until all of that is counted, the the information that we're going on is based on people that actually stood in line, stood in front of a voting machine, cast a ballot, and went on their way. To my understanding, this is what we are looking at the results from and it's you know they they are they have already stated that a record number of individuals did early voting which you know the majority of the early voters were the individuals that stood in line but it's also indicating that a record number of people did mail in ballots so you know and Let's, you don't want to get distracted with hope. You don't want to let your mind wander. But you have to look at the history of voting, particularly in the, the modern era. It has always been the philosophy of the Republican Party to hinder voting 
it has always been their agenda to put stipulations and restrictions on a person's ability to vote. So it's, it's a no-brainer that things like early voting, mail-in ballots, things of that nature, it has benefited Democrats. So when you look at early voting, when they say things like a record number of individuals did early voting, standing in the lines, when a record number of individuals did mail-in voting, this is Democrats. You know, it's, it's always been that concept that Democrats have voted early. And then on election day, that's when Republicans come out. That's why it used to be an old adage that if, it's, if it rains or if it's too cold, things of that nature, anything that will distract Democrats from voting. And it's believed that Republicans, no matter what, on election day, they're coming out to vote. So if you look at what they have already stated in regards to early voting that took place in the last two weeks in most states, the majority of those ballots, when they say record number, the majority of those ballots are Democrat. So if you were to say, even not counting today, if they were to tally up all those votes, it's no doubt Joe Biden, he would win. He, and let's, let's make the assumption, Joe Biden has won the early voting contest. I'll, I'll go on record, and I hope, they, I hope they break that down after all the dust clear. But I'll go on record to say Joe Biden has won the early voting. And, I, you know, again, I'm not talking about the electoral, electoral college process. I'm talking about just vote the number by number ballots, votes cast that Joe Biden. I would, you know, I can even I can even say that I believe that he won the electoral college from an early an early voting point of view. But without a doubt, like individual ballots, it's no doubt that Joe Biden won that. And I and I just I think that when you look at Four years, four years ago, and what transpired, you know, I always said that Donald Trump did not win the election. Hillary Clinton lost the election. I believe that the antics by the DNC, by Hillary Clinton, cost them the election you know people like to say well russia did this russia interfered uh james comey 
with his last minute revealing of Hillary Clinton's email, things like that. Some people even want to say that Bernie Sanders stayed in too long. I still believe that the emails, yes, they were hacked. They were illegally obtained, but they were still there. The statements were there when the DNC had record that was revealed that they had been put all their support and their resources behind Hillary Clinton and not really giving Bernie Sanders a real chance, not a fair opportunity. This made the Sanders in the Sanders camp feel some kind of way. And instead of when a candidate yields and then they tell their followers, endorse this individuals, and the majority of those individuals go over to that camp or to that, that candidate, that's a boost. However, when it was found out that Bernie Sanders didn't receive a fair opportunity. This, this left a bad taste in the Sanders supporters, rightfully so. Also, I just felt that Hillary Clinton, when it came down to the debates with the other Democratic candidates, she didn't even focus on them. She had a mindset that she wanted to go after Trump that she was going to unravel all these things that was going on with him, his statements, his rhetoric. She was just going to go toe-to-toe with him. And I think in her, in her way, she was disrespectful to the other Democrats. And I think to a certain point, when they yield, and they yield, they did yield late. It was pointed out that Bernie Sanders, he basically, it was late in the game where he just, he, he hung around. And it was as if he knew something was not right. And I think he, he had resentment to the treatment that the DNC was placing on him. To know that you're you're having a race with a person and that the officials and whatnot are basically saying, we're not going to give you a fair opportunity. We're just going to, you know, show, show face. But deep inside, we already got our minds set up to support this person. How could you not have a bad taste? How could your supporters not have reluctant towards that that leading candidate. So I, I, I get it. So when they say things like, you know, Russia interfered, yeah, Russia interfered because they got the emails. And they revealed they re, they revealed statements made by the DNC. And this turned people off and people went home. Now people still forget Hillary Clinton, she still won the popular vote. You got you to gotta remember that. But there were states 
that she should, she should have won. But she, she didn't get it because it was revealed that the, the Sanders camp, they weren't given a fair shot by the DNC. And these people retaliated by staying home. Now, it's different. It's four years later. It's different. What Donald Trump has revealed is a whole different mindset. And, it, it, you know, I can't help but wonder if, let's say, we go back to January, well, you know, when the, the pandemic really hit, when, you know, people were um, being restricted. What if we never had the coronavirus? Or let's say if the coronavirus hit and Donald Trump took it serious and said, you know, everything that the doctors are recommending, he did. I, I I can't help but to think, even with all the race rhetoric, the police shootings, I still think you would have a whole different circumstance. But it's it's like how how do you ignore all the race rhetoric, but also COVID? COVID has killed over 200,000 Americans. People do not understand the impact of how this illness really affects this country. Two, over 200,000 people, a quarter of a million people died from this illness and in the back of your mind, you know that there could have been other measures that could have offset a lot of this. And then you have to look at the fact, you know, early on, there were people where you were isolated. When you went to the hospital, you couldn't even visit a loved one. So a person would fall ill, paramedics would come. And you were told that you can't see them. And the next thing you know, some doctor or somebody's coming out saying, this person is gone. So now you look at almost a quarter of a million people, if not a quarter of a million people, died from this illness. But you also have to look at the, the survivors of these people, the loved ones, the friends. That's well over a million people that have been impacted by this illness. And now you've got the president of the United States. It's, it's a joke. It's a joke to him. So you, you thinking about these people that see this they hear this and not only that he got people in his stands and in fact they are now indicating that a number of the spikes that are happening in this country are connected to these trump rallies i mean you think about it it's 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 it's, it's crazy excuse me for that that's my 
alarm that's going off. I mean, imagine somebody in your family pass away and the president of the United States downplays it, makes a joke out of it. I mean, how do you? I, I, I don't. I, 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 it, it just blows my mind. How do these people even continue going to these Trump rallies? Is it is it safe to assume that nobody at a Trump rally lost anybody due to COVID? I mean, that's that that in itself is amazing. You're trying to tell me now. I'm, I know good and well that there are Trump supporters that have lost people. It's no doubt in my mind. But how is it that people still come out to these Trump rallies, and you you saying that none of none of these people lost nobody? Yeah, that's. I mean that that's that's mind blowing in itself. And I mean all you could think is is this is the hatred of people of color so great that you will risk your health, your life to 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 support a person who he, he I mean he's just he's saying it to your face. He don't give a damn about you. And you, you just going out there. And now they're saying that the events that you're participating in is causing spikes. That a number of you are actually going to the hospital. It's just not revealed. Because, of course, a person shows up at the hospital, they... They're not going to say, I guarantee, if that doctor, that nurse say, have you been around people, you know, that may have had the virus? They're not going to say that. There's no way. They, they, they're not going to wear their hat to the hospital. They're not going to say, I was at a Trump rally on such and such a day. Their family is not going to say that. It's, I mean, think about it. Imagine a person comes to the hospital. They got the virus. They're, now they're in the care of a nurse, a doctor, you know, particularly the nurse, you know, the staff, that is, you know, a liberal-minded person. So now they're looking at you. I got to treat you. Because you deliberately went out here and contracted this virus. And now I'm risking my family, myself, to help you because your dumb ass was out there saying it's a hoax, that it's a joke. And you sitting there as an individual medical personnel looking, I, 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 I myself, I, I, I'm, I'm a veteran. I go to the VA for one of my treatments. And there are times where you could see them wheeling the bodies out. 
you know, I, I thank God I have not had any relatives that contracted this virus, not to my knowledge. I have not missed a day of work since this virus has come out. And I have not, I have not contracted the coronavirus. I've been tested several times. I have not contracted this virus. And I am, because of my heart condition, I am very vulnerable, very susceptible to this virus. But I, I refuse to let it stop me. I respect those individuals. I, I wear my mask. I take all the cautionary procedures to make sure that I protect myself, that I protect those around me. I'm respectful, I'm respectful and a fearful reverent of this virus. But like I said, when you go to a hospital and you see those bodies and those black body bags being rolled out and you got people saying it's fake, you got the president, his family, his staff, they all saying that is fake? What the fuck, man? I mean, how, how, how do you not see this? You know, I mean, this, this, this is something. You know, I mean, you know, even to piggyback off of, you know, you look at the situation, I think, was it, was it Sunday in Texas where a group of Trump supporters was following and harassing a bus, uh, a Joe Biden bus, you know, full of um, campaign staff workers. And they just following, swerving in front of it, you know, ranting and raving. And, you know, you, you got the president saying things like, you know, he commends them. Or, you know, there was even a federal judge that applauded the harassers. I mean, you, get, you know, Dr Trump is saying things like doctors are purposely allowing for individuals to die so that they can get more money. You know, or you got the medical staff, like I was talking about, going home with these things on their conscience, and then you go home after you do a 10, 12, 15-hour shift, maybe a whole day. You stay at the hospital for days at a time, and you turn the TV on, and there's the President of the United States saying something like this and there are individuals in the crowds that are cheering they cheering him on it's like you know now I, I i can only imagine how that would make you feel and it's it's just like in philadelphia you know another killing another killing of a black man you know, mental issues. The story states that the police 
had went to his home previously that day. So they were well aware of his mental condition. It was stated that they had been to his home several times. So they knew about his mental condition. So they shot and killed him because he was wielding a knife. He wasn't even, you know, when you look at the video, he's not even close to them. But you knew this man had a mental illness. So when you get the call, instead of sending out a healthcare worker, and I'm not saying send them out unarmed, but allow for them at a distance, at a safe distance, to possibly talk to the person. Or, you know, hope, you know, uh, it, it one, I wonder, did the person have any type of treatment consultation team? But you send, you send police officers to quell this situation and, you know, the result is he's a dead man. He's dead. I mean, it's, wow, this, this is something else. Another thing I wanted to talk about, you know, I saw some of the rhetoric from white people, you know, how they're going to go to the polling stations and, you know, watch the voters to make sure that they doing what they supposed to do. Cause I saw a picture of one guy that was arrested today in Charlotte, North Carolina. You know, he got guns and everything on him, but he's, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, a poll watcher. And I'm thinking to myself, do these white people not know that these black folks are not the same black folks from yesterday. Also, I don't think these militia individuals realize, because their numbers, they might have a lot of groups, but their numbers are not more than black Americans. And see, this is what people don't really understand. The number of the militia group is nowhere near the number of black Americans. Because you can't say everybody that's in the militia is all white people. Now, I, I have to admit, it, this, it's disappointing that a lot of white people do not speak out against these groups. You know, it's the same thing people say about, you know, Muslims. Muslims don't speak out against the terrorism, stuff like that. Well, it's the same thing. There are a lot of white people that don't speak out against some of the things that have been perpetrated by their brethren on people of color. Or even the Trump rallies and stuff. You don't really get a lot of white people that are speaking out in regards to the rhetoric that the president, that these groups are just spewing out. You, I mean, you just don't, not the way I, I guess maybe I see it differently. But when these people don't, they, they don't understand you are 
poking a bear. You're going to go up against the wrong group of black people. And, you know, I kind of like to use the scenario. Black people, yes, we come in different mindsets, just, you know, just like we come in different shades of color. You know, I kind of compare it to, you know, dogs. Yes, you know, you got Pomeranians, you got little Chihuahuas, you got Great Danes, Dobermans, you got Rottweilers, you got Pitbulls. But no matter what you got, all dogs, they got fangs. And if they sink their teeth into your flesh and draw blood, that dog changes. When that dog tastes, when that dog tastes that meat, that dog become that dog becomes dog. See, it might be just, you know, puppy, pooch, you know, domesticated. But when that dog tastes that meat, it become all dog. And see, what these white folks do not realize, when a group of black people actually retaliate and it's witness and it's a fair game witness, Retaliation, you're going to start some shit. And people don't get it. Talking about we're going to start a civil war. How are you going to start a civil war with about less than 5% of your, your group behind you? You know, against an, uh, 20% of another group. You know, people don't understand black people. You know, we served in the military. See, while these white boys out here in the military gear that they bought from the local army and navy in their backyards, shooting watermelons and tin cans off of a fence post, they don't realize that a number of black people, we served in the military we served and fought for this country they don't realize that we are we are real soldiers whether you did two months or 22 years they don't get it you know going into walmart going to polling stations you know imitating the police because most of them that's all they are they wannabes. That most of them, the I saw something on one of the one of the news shows. They allow for a lady to come in, you know, watch them do their little thing. And but the, the question that she asked, she asked, how many are you are prior service? And it was like, you know, I think for I think it might have been 50 of them out there and out of that 50 five to seven of them raised their hand this is this is what is proposing an uprise i mean good luck with that 
Now, the thing is, you know, I look at the different scenarios. I personally believe Joe Biden is going to win. I believe he's going to win by a landslide. And it's not, you know, did the black people help him push him over and what did it and all this. I just believe that people learned their lesson from four years ago. Now the question is, what are the scenarios? This is my scenario. Joe Biden is going to win the presidential election. Okay, so with that in mind, this would make Donald Trump basically a lame duck president. Now we'll say, okay, that's good. Uh, pump your brakes on that. Because he still has the title and the power of president of the United States. He still has the title and power that is presented to him with the office. I believe, let's say, whether he concedes or not, Joe Biden is president. So let's, let's say definitely... I'll say by tonight, we'll know if Joe Biden wins. But let's just say, you know, round it off to the, the end of the week. Sunday morning, we will officially know that Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States. Donald Trump, from that point, he's going to hold Trump rallies. And people are going to be like, okay, what's the purpose? And it's, it's, it's going to be plain as day because it's, it's public. He's going to speak. He's going to fly across the country, Air Force One, taxpayer dollars. And he's going to hold these rallies. And he's going to get these people riled up. Now, I believe that the article that the New York Times wrote several weeks ago about his debt to certain countries, I believe that is real. And I believe that what he's going to do, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna play three-card molly. He's going to play the shell game. He's going to basically have you looking in one direction while he's getting ready to make a move in another direction. But he's not gonna, he's not gonna concede. He's not gonna just say, okay, let me get ready for my next life. He's not gonna do that. He is going to amp these folks up. And the sad part is, he's gonna get them so amped up to the point where they gonna see, and, they, and they, they, I don't even think they're gonna focus on Joe Biden becoming president. It's gonna be more so focused on Senator Harris becoming vice president, or to put it blankly, a black vice president. It's it, we get ready to live the eight years of President Obama in terms of the rhetoric. 
all of the, you know, the stains and the disrespect. Because people don't realize this is, you know, when they say Trump started this. No, this started 12 years ago. It just, it was downplayed during the Obama administration. Whereas now you got a president that just actually, who is picking up the rhetoric. He is encouraging the rhetoric. And that's exactly what we're getting ready to deal with. Yes, it's a matter of, let's say Sunday, Joe Biden is like, okay, I'm president of the United States. I need to start putting my team together. First thing we got to do is focus on the virus. If I was Joe Biden, I wouldn't even wait till I'm sworn in. I will start finding doctors, medical personnel, you know, have my staff. I would really, before they took office, before he gets sworn in and he, they take the office, you know, it would be good if the Senate changes. I already saw that um, Mitch McConnell, it's already been determined that he's he's won his um his 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 seat. So I mean still we still gotta see, you know, how that's gonna turn out. But if I was Joe Biden to show the urgency, I would start I would start working with a medical team that when he is sworn in, he's not putting stuff together. It's in place. And these people are producing. These people are making recommendations, whether it's newfound information or stuff that was already there, solidifying it. You know, start working with the CDC. Let them know, hey, I know your hands were tied. I know there was threats that you would lose your funding. Come my inauguration, that's not going to happen. So I need for you to start doing what you can, even if it's under the table. We got to start working now. To me, this is, this is the move. Well, let me wrap this up. It's now a little bit before nine o'clock. I hadn't checked the results or anything like that. I really, part of me don't even really want to just, I just want to wake up and they just say, hey, this is the situation. Um, but either way, on that note, this was another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. As always, love to hear from you. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, but in my heart, it's not going to be an easy transition. I can honestly say that.
I believe that Joe Biden is going to be president of the United States. But in the next what, two, three months, it's the transition is just not going to it's not going to be that simple. But anyhow, again, this has been another episode of There's a Sister to this Madness podcast. Please send me your comments. Send me your views, your opinions, your questions. Love to hear it. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. God bless. Be safe. Take care.